Ghana's inflation rate hits a one-year low and South African stocks enjoy the best day in nine months. From over 1,100 cities and 128 countries, KI Africa brings you the Good Morning Africa podcast. Good morning, Africa, and welcome aboard your pulse on everything business in Africa. I am Ritha Dong. For more, follow us on Twitter at the K Financial, and you can find me at Ritha Dong. Economic woes are troubling West Africa with Ghana desperate to secure the second tranche of $600 million loan from the IMF to keep the government afloat. Nigeria is grappling with high fuel costs this affecting costs of basic goods and services. In Francophone West Africa, several coups have taken place, but do they offer any economic relief? Ondiro Ganga joins us live to put these issues into perspective. Two years ago, Ghana was the beacon of democracy and the hallmark of economic growth. What went wrong? Well, thank you, Ruth, for having me. Two things. The people of Ghana will tell you they blame the current economic woes on poor leadership and mismanagement of the economy. If we put the year 2022 into focus, debt to GDP rose to an all-time high of 80% with half of the revenue that the country was collecting going into debt service. Now, this is pressure that African countries are not equipped to handle. And in the last quarter of 2022, we saw the government defaulting on some of its international and local loans, thus putting pressure on the local Ghanaian. The local currency has also not been spared as it has lost 60% of its value to the the dollar, driving up inflation to an all-time high of 54% and currently well within 40%. The economic woes do not stop there. We are seeing food prices at an all-time high at 122% and the World Bank estimates that 850,000 Ghanaians have slipped into poverty and the country has since been in dire need of bailouts. The government reached a bailout agreement with the IMF of $3 billion with a fast tranche of $600 million released immediately. How is that going? Well, that IMF bailout was a very timely bailout as it ensured that critical government sectors such as healthcare, education and key government functions remained running. However, the ordinary Ghanaian did not feel the trickle-down effect of this relief package by the IMF. As the economic situation continues to worsen, the government through the Ministry of Finance says they are Working round the clock to secure the second tranche of funding approximated at $600 million. However, the IMF maintains that Ghana must secure financial assurances before the money is disbursed into the central bank account. We need to have what we call financing assurances from official bilateral creditors. You will remember that for us to be able to present the program um, to our executive board back in May, we already needed a, a form of financing assurances mm. and we obtained then. Mm. The official creditor committee uh, had committed uh, to provide debt relief to Ghana uh, in a way that is consistent with the program parameters, uh, in a way that is consistent with the financing that is envisaged for the program and also with the debt targets that the government is aiming to achieve mm. over the medium term. At this current juncture, we also need financing assurances, but because progress is being made in the discussions, um, the type of financing assurances that we need to be able to move forward with uh, uh, presenting the review to the board entail an agreement on, on those terms of the, the restructuring that the government and the official creditor committee are discussing. Moving on to Nigeria, beyond the 100 days of Bola Ahmed Tinubu, 
Is there economic relief in the new administration or the challenges remain the same? Same challenges, Ruth, but in a different country. We all remember that when President Bola Ahmed Tinubu assumed power, his first order of business was to scrap off fuel subsidy. Now, this move saved the government one trillion naira, which President Bola Ahmed Tinubu says will go back to small businesses in form of low interest loans. However, this is a double-edged sword as we're seeing diesel prices rising to 850 naira and fuel consumption dropping by 13 million gallons a month after the subsidy was scrapped off. If you take a look at inflation and the cost of basic commodities, they are also on the rise and many things are out of reach for the ordinary Nigerian. Now, the government has been very quick to blame external factors such as COVID-19 pandemic and the Russian invasion of Ukraine on some of this was, but economists say, but economists say that the blame cannot solely lie on external factors and the Nigerian government has to start taking accountability. The removal of subsidy helped in exacerbating the situation, whereby increasing the inflation and also the uh, devaluation, uh, the unification of the exchange rate, which led to the devaluation of the Naira, also helped in increasing the current inflation levels. So that's why I said the current administration has a responsibility with respect because the government is a continuum. So it has a responsibility in respect to where we are currently. Looking at Francophone Africa. With the coups on the rise, have military governments lived up to expectations? Let's run it back to two years ago when President Apia Conde was in power. Issues like high cost of basic goods and services were challenges to the ordinary people of Guinea-Conakry. Further, his government was characterized by tax hikes slash spending on military and the police and laxity by international community to invest in Guinea-Conakry. Now, two years later, the military is in power. The same challenges continue to affect the country. Um, the cost of basic goods and commodities is still out of reach for many. The country is heavily indebted to China and the government is very lax on revealing how much the country truly owes China. And now more than ever, we are seeing foreign investors are still hesitant to put their money into Guinea Conakry. Well, the challenges are enormous, but we must recognize the clear improvement in security compared to the old regime. But you know, it's not stable because the regimes are not stable. It's not reassuring because you cannot establish a contract. Today, the contract is interrupted tomorrow by the arrival of a new regime. That doesn't reassure real investors. And a quick look at the markets. The market segment is powered by the Development Bank of Rwanda. We empower you. The Johannesburg Stock Exchange Share Index rose farther to close at 3.1% higher at 73,841 on Tuesday, its biggest daily gain since January 9th, as resource-linked sectors jumped 4.4% amid the prospect of more economic stimulus from China. Additionally, prominent tech companies like Naspers and Process, along with financials and industrials, advanced solidly. Concurrently, dovish Federal Reserve remarks and the retreat in oil prices alleviated concerns about potential interest rate hikes. Still, mounting worries persist regarding the ongoing conflict in the Middle East between Israel and the Palestinian militant group Hamas. Locally, Statistics South Africa has unveiled the census 2022 data indicating that the country's population surpassed 62 million, inclusive of approximately 2.6 million foreigners. Data also showed more people have access to services in the country than they did in 2011, with more than 80% of people now having access to piped water at home. And a quick trip around Africa. 
Ghana's annual inflation rate eased for the second month to a one-year low of 38.1% in September of 2023, down from August 40.1%. Still, headline inflation remains well above the central bank's target band of 6 to 10%. Price growth softened for both food and non-food products thanks to a more stable study. On a monthly basis, consumer prices surged by 1.9% in September after decreasing by 0.2% in the prior month. Credit uptake by the private sector in Uganda remains lackluster as high interest rates and a large informal sector continue to deter appetite for credit from commercial banks. Credit extended to private sector came in slightly higher as it rose to 3.3% year-on-year in August compared with 2.1% year-on-year in July. However, since the start of the year, credit growth has averaged 4.7% year-on-year relative to 10.5% year-on-year in the same period last year. Thank you for always waking up with us. Good Morning Africa is a product of the K Financial. If you have any suggestions or you just want to check out more stories, visit the website, that is thekfinancial.com and don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at the K Financial, and you can find me at with Adon.